0: and it is time to welcome Alex Vesna back to our program. Alex is president of Prepared Corporation and a Prof at York University and the author of a column uh, that we uh, caught our attention a few days ago in the national post or in the post media papers decriminalizing impaired driving could reduce it and he refers specifically to something he came across here in British Columbia. Alex Vesna good morning and welcome back.
1: Good morning. Happy to be back.
0: Well, it's good to have you with us, Alex. Uh, how did you stumble across this uh, the BC policy, which of course we call immediate roadside prohibition?
1: Um, I actually forget how I stumbled across it. I think it was uh, it was in a conversation I was having with some colleagues about um, the uh, in, in public in public safety and uh, emergency preparedness. You have a uh, you usually have. Uh, either uh, you can make things uh, safer or uh, and, and less free or free and less safer. And every now and then you have things where you, t- you kind of have a win on both or you have a win on one where it doesn't really hurt the other so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were discussing something involving that. And then the example came up and I went, really? And then someone said, yeah, and uh, 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 Matt actually agrees with it. And I went, really? Uh, because... That uh, when when you when you look at the policy on its face, uh, you, you would assume that there's no way. And then you hear that, and it becomes really interesting. Well, when but
0: mothers was, against dry, drunk driving, rather, have a rather uh, s- s- long record, Alex, of, of being very hard line uh, on drunk drivers and yeah. ve- very unforgiving when it comes to that behavior. So when uh, when you found out that they in fact support this whole business of immediate roadside prohibitions here in British Columbia, that was a surprise. Was it because it doesn't seem as as harsh as other jurisdictions? Does it?
1: Well, well, there's that, but I, I wouldn't even say that they're um, they're, they're they're as hard line against um, uh, in, in my experience against um, the people, but they're just very very pro public safety. Right. They're very. They, they really 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 want to reduce death. Um, which I mean I'm, most people are for reducing death, I would argue but uh but yeah, no so its it it was really interesting, so it, it became an immediate I wonder what studies have been done on this, and et cetera and mm-hmm. into it, and I went, well, this is actually really interesting stuff. So uh, let, let's yeah.
0: re, let's review very quickly because I mean we we live with this all the time. We've just been through the Christmas holidays, so we're all, we've all been reminded recently here in BC, Alex. Exactly what happened? We had a criminal defense lawyer on this show, uh, Kyla Lee, just a few weeks ago, reminding us. Of, and Kyla's first advice was: uh, if ever you're in a situation where you're requested to take a test, take the Blinken test. You're going to get into a lot more trouble by refusing to take the test than whatever happens to you after you take it. So that's rule one. But the test happens at the roadside, a breathalyzer test with an approved screening device. And if the test results in a warn or a fail, if you blow past the line, your license gets immediately taken away. You get an immediate prohibition on driving. There will be a fine and suspension possibly, certainly points on your license in addition to cash, and your vehicle can be immediately impounded. But what you will go on to add, Typically, does not happen is the laying of a criminal charge, resulting in a court case. And you did a little homework on that. Why?
1: Uh, w- sorry, I, w- what do you mean? What do you mean by why? Why is there no uh, laying of a? That's oh, right. Oh, you're, you're, sorry, you're the, asking the re- about the yeah. The, the reason
0: court. behind the yeah, yeah, decision the the court, not yeah. to go after them in court, and and right, uh, right, right, right. It's a two way street. There isn't. Yeah, it? yeah, right. right.
1: So there's there's actually a lot of reasons for why. Uh, which is which is what's so interesting about this. Uh, especially as someone who doesn't live in British Columbia, looking in on on this policy, mm-hmm. um, there's there's the so to, from each of the perspectives. From the perspective of the uh, of the impaired driver, um, when people are um, given uh, the risk of a criminal record, they they tend to be more focused on fighting the 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 ca- fighting the case or fighting the charge and and not getting the criminal record than they are on addressing their behavior and being remorseful right Than if there isn't a risk of a criminal record where they just they're focused on the remorseful aspect so psychologically from their perspective um, it's 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 better for them from their perspective in most cases what i from what i've seen in the research um to not have to have the risk of a criminal record they prefer actually the administrative charges so that's interesting um from the perspective of public safety uh, there has been quite a few years now of evidence uh, from from your province and from a few other places around the world, where uh, the, the all, every metric that I that I can see that it, that has been measured, um, deaths due to impaired driving, uh, reoffense rates, uh, damages to property have 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 been trending
0: downwards. So indeed, uh, when this is- Sorry? And the benefit or the bonus, uh, and it really is almost a secondary thing, but by uh, opting to be remorseful about your behavior and not pursuing the criminal uh, approach or the court approach, you're also reducing the amount of activity in the courts on this particular matter, too, aren't you?
1: Yeah, and I was going to get there, too. That's actually, um, it, for, some, for some jurisdictions, that's actually more important than the other mm-hmm. because the reality is that when the courts are bogged down, um, it's it's not really a zero sum game, but you have limited resources. So there are other things that are more uh, heinous that you can't really try uh, because they, people are sitting in, uh, in 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 jails waiting to uh, get their court date, mm-hmm. which if you take some load off of the court system uh, can can alleviate. So there's just there's just wins everywhere. It appears it appears that the police like it, the courts like it. The impaired drivers like it. The Mothers Against Drunk Driving likes it. Um, arguably, I would say the taxpayer likes it because <laughs> you're not talking down the courts as much. Right. Um, every now and then, public safety just kind of gets a win, which is which I personally, because usually these issues are fairly contentious, uh, is kind of cool. And now there are some people who don't prefer it as much. And I know that the issues around um, constitutionality have come up, and it's already gone through um, British Columbia's Supreme Court over this. But uh, from what I can understand about the situation, if you really wanted to contest the uh, the administrative um, uh, sanctions or the administrative not the sanctions the administrative um, no, no that's right no the administrative sanctions uh, uh, around this, you could legally. So I, I mean I don't I, I'm, I'm also I don't think there's that many constitutional issues around it anyway. Mm-hmm.
0: And there's good so, evidence that it works, right, in terms yeah, of just like, reduction yeah. overall in terms of fatal uh, fatalities in alcohol-related accidents. There is evidence to support that, isn't there?
1: Oh, there's substantial, well, it's not even small evidence. There's, You know, there's 10 years of it, and even in the first year, is there something like 30% reduction in deaths? Like, the numbers are astonishing, like it, it's it's real, it's a really really interesting case. I'm I'm very happy that British Columbia tends to put its tends, tends to risk itself and try these ideas um, for the rest of the country and the planet because every now and then because you guys do tend tend to be a bit faster than everybody else at a lot of this stuff. Um, it's uh, you come up with something really cool that just works. All right. It's, uh, it's really interesting.
0: Our question of the day, and I've got 30 seconds, and that's it. But I'd love yeah. you to play with us on this one. Will warning labels on alcohol change your drinking habits? Uh,
1: well, uh, no, because uh, I actually don't drink alcohol. Oh, well, okay. You're an easy case study, aren't <laughs> but, you? Um, it might It might change my buying habits because uh, a bunch of people that I uh, – I know, I know some family members in particular that probably won't be – uh, purchasing as much alcohol with warning labels.
0: Interesting. Alex, always a pleasure. Thanks ever so much for doing this. We'll talk again, maybe maybe next time, about lies, damned lies, and statistics. That was a good one, too. Oh, I thought you'd like that one. I yeah, did, yeah, one I did. That was
1: fun. That was a fun one to write.
0: But thanks for this, and thanks for reminding British Columbians of what we've got going on that's working that other Canadians are envious of. Thanks very much.
1: Well, you know what? We should all learn from each other. Ale- happy to be back again. Always good to talk to you.